There are no words to describe what is happening in the United States this week. While internationally, the United States is very focused on the Middle East and supporting Israel at home, the House of Representatives can't even seem to get its, you know, so-called house in order. Uh, we're joined now by Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent with more on this. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. Boy, I have to tell you, this is a story that I can't stop reading about and getting updates on. And I understand there's something going on right now with this House Speaker race. Uh, yes, they are back in session again. They are now going to uh, be undertaking their third vote to try and get Jim Jordan, a hardline Republican lawmaker from Ohio, aligned with Donald Trump with a kind of storied and troubled legislative history into the highest position in the House of Representatives. The problem is he's already failed twice before. He's hemorrhaging more support. Uh, and those who are not supporting him, some of the moderate Republicans, are now themselves facing threats from uh, voters within Jordan's base who are making these threats saying, look, you need to essentially trying to bully other Republicans into voting for him. So, I mean, there, there's likely not going to be an answer today or possibly tomorrow or possibly the next day. So those aggressive tactics, which, you know, have been used in the past, they really backfired in this case. And it feels like it made some of these more moderate Republicans just dig in their heels and say, you know what? No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we need to wait to see what happens with this vote. I mean, he lost 20 people on the first vote earlier this week. He lost 23 people in the second vote the following day. It's possible that maybe some people are, have been intimidated enough that they may come around or that more people may vote against him. The problem is, is that Republicans are simply entrenched in let's make it Jim Jordan and Jim Jordan only. They're not thinking about any kind of uh, secondary solution. They even thought about making a temporary position to give, you know, the the gavel to somebody through January and members of the hardline right side of the of the party pushed back and said no. So, I mean, you're right. Their heels are dug in. Democrats are lining up unanimously behind their leader. Republicans can't. And until they can, absolutely nothing can get done at the governing level. OK, and maybe you could explain to people, Reggie, why is Jim Jordan just anathema to so many Republicans that they're saying absolutely not? Well, number one, uh, he has been accused of things uh, in his past before he was in politics uh, of turning a blind eye to to potential assaults and sexual assaults uh, at the university that he was a part of when he went to Congress. Uh, you know, I think it's been 16 years. He hasn't had a single bill passed over the last 16 years. The one that he passed earlier this year was a hardline uh, stance on uh, abortion, trying to push for a national ban uh, from coast to coast. Uh, he is aligned uh, strongly with uh, former President Donald Trump. And there are just members of the party who say that he is simply too extreme. Democrats came out this morning and called him a quote unquote clear and present danger to uh, America. And, and it is it's clear that he doesn't have the support within his party. Republicans are blaming Democrats saying, look, it's your fault because you're not voting with us. But at the end of the day, <laughs> sorry, this is yes. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, why they're, would they think that the opposite? They would never do that for Democrats. Of, so why uh, would they think this? Of course they would, because it will play to their base. They can blame anything on uh, on Republic uh, rather on Democrats to say, look, you know, they may they don't have as many people as we have. If they, they don't have, join with us, we can't do anything. But it ignores the, the fact that they don't have their own party in line. They have the majority, though. That's the kicker. Well, and I mean, look, they have the majority. They were supposed to be carrying out investigations into Hunter Biden. They're supposed to be carrying out this impeachment into Joe Biden. None of that can happen. And they are instead blaming it on anybody other than themselves. I mean, look, they are burning the house down. And there are legitimate questions here as to whether they're going to be able to keep their majority by next year or if it's going to turn uh, the voters against them. 
Okay, so let's talk about why this is so significant because they're not getting any business actually done. And, and we heard the U.S. President Joe Biden with an Oval Office address. There's a list of things that they want to get going on. Sure. And the biggest list of things is financial uh, injections into foreign defense spending. We heard Biden last night talk about the threats to um, the stability of the global democracy. Uh, and he, he's putting out a plan today. The White House will announce $60 billion, uh, rather $40 billion for Ukraine and $17 billion for Israel and $7 billion for the Indo-Pacific region and billions and billions for the southern border. All of that is dependent on a House speaker being elected because nothing can go to the ground, uh, to the floor for a vote. Uh, and many of these issues, including something like spending for the southern border or spending on Israel, are issues that Republicans ran on in the last election. So, I mean, they are only going to have themselves to blame if they can't get this through. But the White House says uh, that the House itself needs to get itself in order uh, because there are threats that are going to pose a threat to U.S. national security if they don't do it. Okay, so there's all that going on. And I feel like in the meantime, though, Reggie, the kind of U.S. presidential election has uh, fallen a little bit um, off the list of things that we're paying attention to. A little bit, yeah. I mean, look, the, Joe Biden has been clearly focused on on the threats that are being posed by Hamas to Israel and trying to ensure that people don't forget about the ongoing war uh, in Ukraine. And he's kind of had to sideline some of its events uh, for the re-election campaign. Donald Trump was in court a couple of days this week in New York for uh, a civil trial uh, into his business practices. And at the same time, uh, you know, Republicans are trying to figure out whether or not they're going to line up behind Donald Trump or someone else. And over all of that, there were issues linked to the last election that are still, you know, finding themselves in court, including one of former Trump's, uh, former President Trump's former lawyer, Sidney Powell, who oh, pleaded yes. uh, guilty in Georgia. And this is a big deal because she was a part of some of those bananas schemes to keep Trump in power. She's now pleaded guilty, meaning that there's an agreement here. She has advanced knowledge of what Trump was thinking during the last election. If she decides to help and go forward, this could spell more problems for Trump's campaign in the future. Right. She's pleading guilty to six, six. That's a lot. Misdemeanors, right? And Mis so they expect some testimony out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Misdemeanors. Look, she was originally brought in uh, on that racketeering charge, which is big to, to make this plea agreement misdemeanors. And she'll be on probation and, and owe a couple of thousand dollars and have to write an apology letter. But at the end of the day, uh, she is willing to give testimony. And a secondary lawyer, Kenneth Cheesebro, is also uh in the process of being offered a similar plea deal. So there's a risk here that that people from deep within Trump's inner circle could turn on him, posing problems to him legally in the future, but also politically, because this really could get in the way of whatever he's trying to do with his election back uh, into 2024. Right. OK. And outside of politics, I have to ask you about this story, too, because the, about the Colorado funeral home and what was found there, this is nuts. It's nuts uh, and it's gross. Uh, number one, Colorado has really weak uh, oversight laws when it comes to funeral homes, so it's almost not um, unexpected. But at the end of the day, uh, upwards of 189 bodies were found inside one funeral home, a funeral home that it billed itself as, as a natural uh, way to die oh, where you're boy. buried without a casket or anything. Uh, but the bodies weren't being dealt with. They weren't being embalmed. They weren't being put in a refrigerator, and they were just piled up in the room. People were complaining Ugh. about the smell, oh, uh, and they now have to bring in... This is this goes to show how serious it is. They've had to bring in members of the FBI who are typically called in to deal with uh, recovery after airline crashes. That's how decomposed some of these oh bodies are gosh. and how extensive this investigation is, but could now flip Colorado law 
to force the state to better keep track of what's happening at funeral homes because this is you know this is people's lives and legacies that are eventually you know being caught up in, in crisis oh that is awful oh reggie uh thank you so much for that update today thank you